Okay. Let's see. We're ready to do this thing then. Hey, give me two minutes. Two minutes. Oh, oh, two minutes. Here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. I Just was. I was literally preparing to say that, and then really? I was. A freak show. And if you're not down with it, we've got minutes. two words for you. <laughs> what? Oh, well, it's only one. Can you all hear my dogs barking because they're barking? No. It's okay. the sound. All right, I'm ready. <laughs> this is going to be really stupid. Uh, that, I think that's the point. You uh, say that as a, a bad thing, Michael Circle, <laughs> but it could be a good thing. Michael Circle. Right. I don't know if mine's any good or not, but we'll see. All right, here we go. Do I say two and not say one, or do I just say three and then nothing else? However you would like to do it. As long as you do Whatever you do, Michael Circle's going to interrupt you doing it. So I only did that once. <laughs> Maybe twice. Three times. Three times. Nice. All right. In three. Four. <laughs> Uh, oh, wait a second. That's the wrong. That's the wrong direction. Okay, in three. three <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, prepare yourselves to be entertained. That's right. It is time for one of the greatest podcasts of all time, according to possibly someone somewhere msvs presents once upon a recast this is a game show where we're about to be super super entertaining at least i hope so because if we're not then you probably won't actually tune back in um i am shane the reigning champion and this week's host and with me as always are my co-hosts and this episode's contenders we have chris my brother roberts we uh we have Jeremy, my brother-in-law, young, and we have Michael, who's the most circular of the group circle. Wow, I feel really left out of this group. <laughs> <laughs> Nepotism so, the if uh, if you're new here, which as we usually point out, if you are new here, you probably should have started at the beginning, and at this point, you'd already know what's going on. But if for some reason you're still new here. What's going to happen is we're going to rewrite a movie of my choosing, and hopefully it's going to end up being uh, hilarious as we're going to change some specific items, people, or ideas that are parts of the story. And then the super powerful, super awesome judge that is the judge this week, that's me, is going to decide based on whatever criteria he chooses to uh, pick a winner. And that winner will go on to judge the next episode and so on and so forth for all of eternity or until we stop doing it. So, tonight's movie is going to be the classic Taken. Uh, only in, in this version of Taken, uh, Brian Mills is not, in fact, pursuing his daughter. And, of course, in the movie, he uh, he goes, you know, all out in an attempt to to 
get his daughter who has been taken. In our movies, he is not going to be pursuing his daughter. It's going to be something else, and he will have to use whatever particular set of skills this Brian Mills has. So... That is going to be the premise for this evening's episode, unless it's morning where you're at. In that case, it's this morning's episode. Um, but before we get into that, we uh, we have some decisions to make about who's going to go first. Uh, and so, to decide that, I, I thought about some things. I don't always do that before we get to this point in the show. Sometimes yeah, I'm I shocked just, uh, and awed. Um, I sometimes, you know, I just ask random questions about clouds or washing of feet. But this time, I actually have something on topic. In keeping with the theme of Taken, as I said, Brian Mills goes and he uh, he has to capture his, er, capture, <laughs> rescue <laughs> his captured daughter. I thought to myself, there are a lot of action heroes over the course of history. If you yourself were taken, who is the action hero that you would choose, that you would trust to come and get you back? So, so it's who I would trust to what rescue me? Yes, yes. Of all the of all the movie action heroes that you you can think of, who would be the one that you would trust to uh, to bring you back to safety? But what if I don't care about safety? What if I don't want to be rescued? <laughs> well, then I already know who would rescue you if that's the case. I don't. I'm going to go with a happy Gilmore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Did not see that one coming. <laughs> I thought Chris said, how? How are you going with happy Gilmore? We'll go with okay. that, too. How? <laughs> okay. I'm just thinking he's the least likely to succeed. I don't, I'm not really worried about it. So Jeremy okay. doesn't want to be rescued. No, no, I'm okay with with them uh, taking me out. And we're sending Lancelot in. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so, so Jeremy has chosen to trust Happy Gilmore, <laughs> the legendary action hero. <laughs> nice, nice. Okay, okay. So, uh, so who's who's up next? I, I don't even think I need any more explanation than that. No, uh, I'm going to go with uh, Chuck Norris. Okay, because he's Chuck Norris. Because he is Chuck Norris. Because he is Chuck Norris, and that really speaks for itself. Um, no one can defeat Chuck Norris. Um, he defeats everything, and so if I'm wanting someone who is definitely going to come to the rescue and succeed, it's going to be Chuck Norris. That's true, because Chuck Norris doesn't do push up; he pushes the earth down. Precisely. Okay. Uh, COVID okay. had to recover from Chuck Norris. Okay, I'm I'm going to go with Michael Scarn. Oh my goodness. I want to be rescued <laughs> in Threat Level Midnight by Michael Scarn from The Office. So Michael Circle also doesn't really want to be rescued. <laughs> <laughs> Look, That's hilarious. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you here. Whenever Jeremy said he didn't want to be rescued, it put me back to the Incredibles okay. and the entire lawsuit that happens at the beginning of the movie because Mister Incredible saves uh, a man who doesn't nice. want to be saved. Yeah. Okay. Well, with the patheticness of those answers right there, I wouldn't call Chuck Norris pathetic. No, I, I would. He's already behind so. you. 
And so <laughs> Chuck Norris will save the day. He will every time. So, Except for that one time, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> so um, it, was, it was it was you know Bruce Lee he was dealing with there. So yeah, that's true. We all know what happened to him. So <laughs> all right. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I'm not sure, but I could take a shot in the dark. No. <laughs> all right. So uh, Chris is going to take the question. Yes. And therefore, Chris. So I'm gonna I'm gonna mention a couple things here. I've made a decision, and I can do that because I'm the judge. That's true. And so, as the judge, I have decided that uh, I'm really not into points this week. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna listen to stories. I'm gonna tell you what I like, and then I'm just gonna pick a winner. I like yeah. it. So you're yeah. saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you're just going to go with the story you like the best. I am. He's going to flip like the coin. It. He so, might be easy. I said, it uh, just might work. Uh, we'll review the story. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll mention the, the things that stood out to me. And then I'm just going to pick a winner because I can do that because I'm the judge. And then if somebody next week wants to do uh, points again, that'll be their choice. That's a good point. And I'm sure it'll be, yeah, it'll be a wonderful choice for whoever is the judge next week. So, um, uh, Chris, as the winner of the toss-up question, will get to choose the order of tonight's contestants. So choose wisely. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, we we found out, at least with last, with with our our last recast that. Choosing where you go really can make a massive difference. Um, you know what I'm going to do this time, though? Just a, I, you know, the obvious answer would be I should go last, but I'm not going to go last this time. Nor am I going to go first. I'm going to go right in the middle. I say Jeremy first, myself second, and I'm putting circle in the pole position. No pressure, Michael. You're like you're like the cream in the Oreo cookie. Huh. You're yes, you're, you're the best part. And we we're just we're just you know surrounding you to sort of open and close for what is the you, main. Course. And Jeremy and I are exactly the same. You are but ants. <laughs> <laughs> we wish we were ants. <clears throat> All right, so it sounds like Jeremy Young is up with his version of the movie Taken. I will uh, just say that Brian Mills, and we'll start right off, just to let you know, I'm going to give you the casting. Brian Mills will be played by Liam Neeson. Everybody else, I'll give, everybody else I'll give at the end of the film, okay? Okay. Um, and so the, the film begins, black screen. It says, a Ma Night Shyamalan production. <laughs> he says it again. <laughs> and it says, Liam Neeson... And then in red, it says, with an exclamation point, give it back. <laughs> That's the name of the film. Give it back. Is, is there so, an exclamation point? Was that? After, after the give it back. Exclamation okay. point. Okay. Then the movie opens from there at a um, sort of backstage at a big gathering. We find out it's a concert. And we have Brian Mills talking on a cell phone to a friend. We don't see the friend. We can hear just a little bit of his voice 
who keeps telling him you need to listen to my show tonight. And Brian is, is says, listen, if I can, I will, I'm, I'm doing some work right now. And about that time he realizes that he's doing security for some pop star at this concert who none of us know. And, uh, but he realizes that she is coming off stage. And so he makes the decision to go ahead and get off the phone. He quickly does that. And as he ends the conversation, he realizes that there are three attackers who are just waiting to get this uh, young singer. And uh, he quickly jumps into action and, and takes all three of them down without any trouble, even though they're larger than him and, and again, outnumber him. And in this short moment, we learn a lot about his skills. He is an incredible uh, fighter. He is obviously well-trained. You'd almost think uh, special forces, something of that nature. And so we know that he is a deadly man, someone not to be trifled with. I certainly wouldn't want to trifle with him, mainly because I don't like trifling. But then on, after he gets, you know, the, the singer squared away. Can I, can I stop you for a second? You could. Have you ever tried trifling? Uh, on a couple of occasions, I was disappointed. You should try trifling um, some other time. You'll get it. You'll like yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, I'll try that. I, I will. I prom- I give you my word right here that I will attempt to trifle sometime in the future. Um, on on the way. By the way, after he gets the young lady to to uh, her safety uh, in the hotel, he finally is able to call it a night. Gets in his vehicle and he's on his way home. And suddenly gets a call from the friend who he'd been talking with earlier, and his friend. Uh, ask him uh, if he has, uh, you know, heard uh, his show. If he listened to that, he said, "No, I, you know, I hadn't have a chance. Haven't had a chance." And, and his friend was distraught. Something important was taken from him during the show, and he wanted it badly. And Brian says to him, "He says, you know, t- t- who who took it? Tell me what what happened." And he says, "This means everything to me. I, I can't believe they took it." And Brian says, "Just give me a number." And so they, he gives Brian a number, and Brian tells him that he will fix the issue, that he will make it right. And so Brian immediately is, is looking to, to, to get back what was taken from his friend. And so he makes a phone call. And he makes a phone call to one of the individuals who apparently was involved in, in taking something. It has yet to be revealed. And in the process of, of the other person answering, it's a young man on the other end, and uh, uh, when he says hello, uh, he Brian gives the speech, you know, the speech that we all know so very well at this point, which goes something like this. I don't know who you are. Wait a minute, you're, you're the one who called me. I don't know what you want. Uh, I don't want any of you called me. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. I'll join the club. I don't have money either. But what I do have is a very particular set of skills. Skills that I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. How do you don't even know who I am? Who is this? If you give it back now. Give back what? That'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Okay, buddy. Click. Of course, the sarcasm of the young man does not make Brian happy. He traces the call and he follows it back to the, the source, which is an apartment above a, an old restaurant. He goes up to the apartment, knocks on the door. The young man answers the door and immediately Brian pounces. Ah! He attacks him. He, he hits him a number of times and then begins to stab him with a knife over and over again. It's, it's brutal. And as the young man lies there dying, Brian demands 
to give it, that he give it back. Give it back, he says. And, and the young man is like, give, give what back? And Brian whispers in his ear, and the young man whispers something back and points over at his tablet. There, Brian, realizing the last gesture was literally his last gesture, uh, goes over to the tablet and begins to look. Still not fully understanding, he does see a, a number. And he remembers some of the things that were said, and he looks a little further, and he says, okay, I'm going to call this guy. And so he dows up the number, and he says, Anthony? And then he gives the speech. I don't know who you are. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> you, you, just, <laughs> you just called me. By the way, nobody calls me Anthony. I don't know what you want. <laughs> If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. Join the club. <laughs> but what I do have is a very particular set of skills. Like what? Baking? Oh, I'm a little hungry right now. Can you bake? Skills I've acquired over a very long career. You know what I could go for? I could go for, like, cinnamon rolls. Cinnamon rolls sound great. Oh, great. Now I want cinnamon rolls. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Uh, if you give it back now... That'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Okay. Click. So, Brian, irritated by the fact that this guy did not give him any information, travels to this man's home. He spends hours driving there. And early in the morning, when he gets there, he waits. And he sees a young wife and some children leaving a home. As soon as they're gone, he goes up to the door. But just as he's getting ready to uh, enter into the home, the door opens with the man standing there. And immediately, this this dad, this husband, is grabbed by ah! Brian and beaten once again and stabbed over and over again. Give it back! Give it back! Give what back? And then he whispers again something in this man's ear, and the man just simply points over to the computer and then passes out, uh, eventually, you know, losing so much blood. Yeah. Realizing that he's not going to get any more information from him, he grabs the third number and dials it. CW. And then he gives a speech. You know, the speech we know so well. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. <laughs> but what I do have is a very particular set of skills. Well, clearly they're not great skills because they're not making any money. Skills I've acquired over a long career. Again, doesn't really mean much to me. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you what do you mean people like me? If you give it back now, give what back now? That'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. If you don't, I will look for you. I will find you, and I will kill you. Okay, buddy, you're crazy. Click. Uh-oh. Of course, he, he then goes and searches and finds this man. He gets to his home just to see him leaving in his vehicle. He follows him throughout the city until he finally gets to a building, a building that he discovers is actually a church building, and he waits for him to enter in. <laughs> Brian doesn't care. Nothing is sacred at this point. This man cannot hide behind the concept of a church-building religion. So he breaks in, and realizing that it's, that man is there alone, he immediately beats him and attacks him and starts stabbing him again. He says, give it back. And the man again, what, give what back? 
give what back? And again, he whispers something in his ear. <sighs> CW, uh, the guy that he is calling CW anyway, covered in you know just blood and barely even, not even really all there, looks up and says, it's only traceable back to the server who uploaded it. And he's stabbed again. And he's like, tell me, give it back. And he says, okay, okay. <laughs> and then suddenly he begins to ramble, clearly not all in his head. He goes to something that just sort of has always been there. He says, okay, first I'll, I'll access the secret military spy satellite that is in geosynchronous orbit over the Midwest. Then I'll ID the limo by the vanity plate, Mr. Big, and get his approximate position. Then I'll reposition the transmission disc on the back of the truck to 17.32 degrees east. Hit West Star 4 over the Atlantic, bounce the signal back into the Azores, up to campsite uh, camp 6, beam it down to uh, SATCOM 3, uh, to transponder number 137, and down on the disc on the back of Mr. Big's limo. It's almost too easy. <laughs> Brian, like... of course, realizes that he is not all there, and he, he says, just give me an address. And with his last breath, he points to a place on a map. And that's it. He's unconscious, bleeding out, and Brian gets up and leaves. He immediately drives to this location. It's a home. He bursts down the door. Coming in, he is stunned. He's stunned to find his friend who was talking with him at the very beginning, which started this entire thing. He's like, what? What is this all about? And his friend explains how the, the three associates had stolen from him and had done so through this internet show. And he says, what are you talking about? And finally, Brian sits down and listens to the show for the first time, and he laughs, and he laughs like he has never laughed before. And then he says, they are hilarious. No one stole anything from you, my friend. Your story wasn't as funny as theirs. Get over it, Michael. And he walks out. <laughs> Everything turns to black. Give it back. Presented by Ma Knight Stamalon. <laughs> Starring Liam Neeson. Michael Circle. Chris Roberts. Wayne Roberts. And Jeremy Young. The end. Wow. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> That's one of the best stories we've heard on this show so far. That, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, that was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. So, so things, things that I liked. Um, Honestly, leaving Liam Neeson. That's there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> just, Liam Neeson's a. I'm just picturing him saying the line over and over yes. again to each one of us. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I I like the uh, the director pick. Mm -hmm. He was a he was a good director pick for the movie, especially with your nice twist there at the end. You gotta have a twist. Um, no, I really the fact that you did the speech three times. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that Brian Mills, in a way, is a serial killer. Who just beats down doors and begins stabbed. He's a, I like that he never asks questions until he's already beaten and stabbed people. <laughs> <laughs> then he begins to ask questions. Um, and then the uh, the twist at the end of the movie that in fact this entire thing was based upon this podcast makes me second guess whether I should answer my door if Liam Neeson's at it. <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
But all in all, that was a uh, that was a pretty spectacular. It, I like the simplicity, and yet, I said it was spectacular. I I was literally laughing out loud. There was LOLing happening during the movie. So, I'll be honest with you, that's going to be a pretty going to be a pretty tough one, tough one to beat. So the question is then, can Chris beat it? That is the question. That's a that is a tall task to ask, but I shall do my best. So are you ready for my story? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Well, the title of my movie: Don't Go Taking My Heart. <laughs> taken. T a k e n. Don't go taking my heart. My cast: Brian Mills will be played by Jason Statham. Only he's not going to be Brian Mills. He's going to be Handsome Rob. Uh, Charlize Theron is going to be his ex-wife, Lenore. Elle Fanning is his daughter, Kim. Judge Reinhold is playing stepdad, Stuart. And we have another character, the mysterious Viper, played by Jack Black. So let me set the scene for you. Let me tell you the story. Handsome Rob has settled down and is trying to find a way to live a new life. You see, he had a particular set of skills that allowed him to be a great driver and thief, but he eventually married a woman named Lenore, who incidentally looked a lot like Stella Bridger from the Italian job, but that's another story. And they had a daughter named Kim. Unfortunately, Rob couldn't shake his rough and rowdy past, and he and his wife were divorced. Rob still tried to connect with his daughter Kim, but let's say with mixed results. And he soon found that he was lonely. And not even his fast cars and thieving ways seemed exciting to him anymore. It seemed the only thing he had to look forward to was his morning breakfast. Every morning, he'd start his day with a fresh-from-the-freezer Eggo waffle. That's right, an Eggo waffle. (laughs) He'd toast that waffle to a crisp golden brown and then smother it in Nutella. That's right, Nutella. He always had a hankering for that heavenly hazelnut spread, and he found when coupled with Eggo waffles, they brought him his only real joy in life. Sad, I know. But one morning, Rob awakes to find that he's down to his last Eggo. But worse yet, the Nutella is gone without a trace. The thing is, he knew he'd just bought some yesterday, so who would dare take another man's Nutella? About that time, he gets a call. And the man on the other end speaks in a thick accent. And he says, I'm coming at 3 p.m. today. Rob says, Did you take my Nutella? And the man says, 3 p.m. tomorrow. Be there. You let me in. He says, What you think I'm going to do? Let you into my house after you've already stole the one thing left in this world that gives me joy? No, fella. You're going to find that I have a particular set of skills. Skills I'm going to use to find you, kill you, and take back what is mine. Which the man says, So Rob calls up his friend Lyle, a.k.a. the Napster, with whom he'd done an Italian job before. Now, Lyle wants to tell him all about this casino he knocked over with Optimus Prime and War Machine, but Rob is in no mood for stories. He means business. This man is nuts for Nutella. 
He is more singularly focused than Mike Tomlin before a playoff game. He traces the call <laughs> to a building owned by his ex-wife's new husband, Stuart. What a pansy name. Stuart. Like Stuart Little. Pansy. He decides that it's time he paid Stu a little visit. What he finds out is that Stu's office building is simply a front for a drug smuggling ring. That's right. Stu's a drug smuggler. Lau gets robbed through security with a fake ID and then shuts down the camera system. And then Rob goes to work doing what Rob does. He mops up the bad guys. Bad guy after bad guy. And he's blowing up stuff. And by the time he's done, he made what John McClane did at Nakatomi Plaza look like child's play. He finds Stu and he dangles him off what's left of his high-rise building. I've got but three words for you, Stu. And if you know what's good for you, you'll give me the right answer. Where's my Nutella? Uh, Rob, Rob, Rob I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. But if you want Nutella, I'll buy you all the Nutella you can ever want. I don't want Nutella bought with your filthy drug money. And I don't want you around my daughter or my wife ever again. You're going to disappear. And if I ever see you again, I'll finish what I started. Well, the next morning, he goes to see his ex-wife and daughter. And they tell him that Stu left them with nothing but a note saying to not even try to find him ever again. And so he comforts Lenore and Kim, who then ask if he would like to stay for breakfast. And he says, sure. You have any egos? Well, of course, Robin, we even have some Nutella. Rob, of course, so excited to have his delectable dessert-like delicacy, almost didn't notice. But by instinct, when he gets the Nutella, he turns it over to see imprinted on the bottom, property of handsome Rob. <gasps> this is my Nutella. How did you get my Nutella? Lenore, did you take my Nutella? Well, of course I didn't, Rob. You gave it to Kim when she was over the other day because she was out of it. You know, that girl is nuts for Nutella. Yeah, that's my girl. So we thought we'd keep it here for you and hope she'd come over. We've missed you, Rob. You know, Lenore, you have stolen from me after all. You've stolen my heart. Let's try again. In the background. We see Kim, with a smile on her face, realizing that her plan had worked after all. You see, her parent trap had worked, and Nutella was the key. <laughs> after lunch, Rob went back to his place to pack up as he was going to move back in with his family. But at 3 p.m., his doorbell rang, and he suddenly remembered the mysterious call he got from the Viper. He answers the door, gun in hand, to a man with a bucket in one hand, and a squeegee in the other. The man says, I'm the viper. I come to wipe the windows. You see, the viper was a window wiper, after all. They all had a good laugh with this understanding, and then they all lived happily ever after. The end. I have to say, you, uh, you took that a direction I did not see coming. Nope. By the way, this movie is brought to you by Eggo Waffles and Nutella. 
<laughs> you got good product placement the there. Breakfast of champions. Um, we're gonna have to make sure we get some uh, some sponsoring. I, we, I really uh, thought we should start commercializing a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. This would be our non-sponsor, but I feel like this right here could be an Eggo waffle commercial. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it would make me want to buy Eggo waffles. Like I could, like, at, could you not see this being something they did as a Super Bowl, like? Oh yeah, like that could totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a Super Bowl set of ads, and you could it actually would be, even, it would be it, one of those long form ads that's like, and if you want to see the rest, go to. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So if you're listening, uh-huh. Echo and Nutella, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. I, I liked the cleverness of the. Uh, I was I was questioning what was going to get taken whenever it began with "Don't go taking my heart," but I enjoyed that the uh, the title of the movie was in fact that line was used. That's right. Um, I I liked uh, Jason Statham slash Handsome Rob as Brian Mills. Uh, the impression yep. uh, the impression was solid. It made me chuckle. Nice. Um, yeah. All of your uh, all of your casting was solid because I'm imagining Jack Black in a uh, a very. Why did I just lose who he was when he was a wrestler? Oh yeah, Nacho Libre. I was I was envisioning him with a Nacho Libre type <laughs> type style. Um, Judge Reinhold was a—he's a solid person to get dangled off a building. That's that's a good choice, there. right? Yeah. So he just wanted his winnie whistle. <laughs> Mock try with Judge Reinhold. <laughs> Not a real judge. The, the Nutella Echo combo being the the entire key to his happiness was very solid. I really enjoyed the callback to a previous episode. Mm-hmm. Where you had used the Napster, yes, to knock over a casino with Optimus Prime. I was the, yeah. the fact that you threw that little callback in there. That was excellent. I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. So it's all in the same world. Seriously, I've, I've, world. I've made some, himself. I've made some callbacks in my time on this show, but my callbacks were like ants compared to your callback. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the um, callback of callbacks. I enjoyed the talking about Stuart being a pansy knight. Uh, the fact that he, in fact, it turns out, had given the Nutella to his daughter and just forgotten about that. <laughs> um, that also amused me. And then so you got a little call into the parent trap thing. And then it seems like that's the wrap of the movie. And I have to say, at that point, I actually thought, well, I'm just a little bit confused because you had the call from the Viper and then you know you didn't do anything with it. But then... Then you threw in at the end that, in fact, Jack Black, his character just can't say Wiper and instead is saying Viper to get that little that little chuckle. I am the window Viper. Yeah, it's <laughs> nothing, nothing like making fun of the way people talk. So exactly. <laughs> uh, overall, it was a solid movie. Was it as solid yeah. as Jeremy's? I haven't determined that yet. I haven't determined that yet. But right now we got two solid. We got two solid go rounds. And then we have a Michael Circle. Wow. So I feel like you're starting question, with an insult. The question is, Michael Circle, in what has traditionally been the strongest of all positions, 
Can you defeat Don't Go Taking My Heart and give it back? Well, uh, earlier you said you liked Jeremy's because it was simple. If simplicity is what you like, <laughs> I'm a winner. Okay, my movie, excuse me, my movie is called Given. In, okay. in Given, Brian Mills is going to be played by Bob Odenkirk. Who? Bob Odenkirk. Oh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. I know that name. Also known as Bob Odenkirk. No, I don't. Bob Odenkirk. He was from uh, Nobody and Better Call Saul. He was in um, How I Met Your Mother. He played uh, the screaming boss, Artillery Arthur. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know what? All right. I, got, I chose him because of the movie Nobody, which was a pretty decent movie. This movie is interesting because Brian Mills and Kim are the only two characters from it that are from the original movie. Uh, Kim will be played by Ellie Kemper. Uh, Brian Mills works with a man named Byron Milton, who is played by Idris Elba. Uh, Byron Milton's oh. occupation is a retrieval specialist, and Brian Mills' occupation is an unfinished businessman. And then a, a what? An unfinished businessman. <laughs> <laughs> okay, unfinished. I thought that's what you said. But. Yeah. And then the last character to name is Senator Ottawa, who will be played by Claude Giroux of the Ottawa Senators. That's a hockey team for those of you keeping score. I know. Okay. <laughs> what the crap is happening here? <laughs> well, let me just tell you what the crap is happening here. <clears throat> Senator Ottawa's daughter has been kidnapped by, uh, I don't know, let's let's say the Russians. Uh, I really miss when the Good Russians... To the <laughs> Good to see the prep work coming in here. Listen, I love it. I, I miss the when the Russians were the bad guys in all of our movies. All right. So it's time to bring them back. I appreciate them being bad guys again in the real world because now we're going to have some bad Russians in our movies again. Let's bring them back. Okay. So uh, the Russians are going to leverage her in a bidding war for plutonium that they will use to nuke the president's head chef's house outside of D.C. <laughs> president's head chef. Oh, yeah. They know where to hit him where it hurts. His head chef. But unluckily, right. unluckily for the Russians, Byron Milton is on the case. Idris Elba's character bursts through the door of Vladimir Putin's office. Vladimir Putin will be played by Jeremy Irons. And he says, Mr. President, hashtag not my president. And he plants a foot on the side of Putin's face. He says, looks like you'll be Russian. To the hospital. <laughs> no. <clears throat> I question whether or not I would say that joke. But it was so action movie movie I had to. <clears throat> so Byron Milton is quite clearly an American <laughs> who vows to protect the president, President Mitchell. Sean Spencer said that there was one, so now this is officially based on true events. He uh, based on John Spencer. <laughs> yeah, he said there was a President Mitchell, and this is now officially a based on true events movie. There's no argument there. He rescues the senator's daughter Kim, who is played by Ellie Kemper, and they blow a hole in the roof and they fly away on the helicopter ladder. We fast forward three days, and they're back stateside. He turns to his partner because you know. Idris Elba's character has a side business apart from protecting the president. He is a retrieval specialist, and his partner, 
Brian Mills, played by Bob Odenkirk, is the unfinished businessman. Byron says to Brian, uh, just go off the phone with Senator Ottawa and he doesn't want his daughter back. Turns out she's really annoying and he was hoping that we would fail at getting her back but succeed at saving the president's chef. Game's over, mate. Brian Mills, whose back was turned, facing the wall in his rolly chair, slowly turns around. No, he's getting his daughter back. He calls the senator. He says, you don't know who I am. Senator Ottawa says, yes, I do, Brian. We've met a dozen times. Senator, it's a threatening phone call, okay? So just, okay? (laughs) (laughs) You don't know who I am. I don't know who you are. There's silence on the phone. I don't have any money, but what I do have is a very particular set of skills, skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you take your daughter back, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you, and I will give your daughter back to you anyway, so you might as well just meet us at the local sheets. Yes, there will be sheets in Washington, D.C. one day, I'm telling you right now. The senator hangs up, and Brian Mills says, it's time to finish some unfinished business. Brian takes Ellie Kemper's Kim to the car where a shootout immediately starts. The Senator's Secret Service are fighting off Brian because they do not want that woman back. (laughs) With a few well-placed shots, Brian takes out several of the Social Security Guards. I mean, the Secret Service Guards. And she says to him, that was so cool. I wish I could do that. Well, not kill people, but shoot real good like you. Or maybe a bow and arrow like Robin Hood. Man, that last Robin Hood with Taron Edgerton had such potential, didn't it? It was really terrible, though. Wasn't it terrible? You know what wasn't terrible? Top Gun Maverick. What a movie. I mean, that Tom Cruise? (laughs) More like Tom Cat, if you catch my drift. I hope you don't, because I don't catch it either. Catch it. You ever been fishing? Then... There is running, an inordinate amount of running, like Tom Cruise levels of running, flashes of action and running happening. All and suddenly, they're on a crashing airplane. Suddenly, over somewhere over the South Pacific, we have to jump. They dive out of the plane. They're tied together on one parachute, and Brian is just blasting SS agents who are chasing them through the clouds. As they all, <laughs> as they end, all of the evil agents, the plane positioned in front of them by. <laughs> this is so stupid. The plane, which is, which is positioned in front of their slowly descending selves by an unnamed pilot, hovers, not moving forward, not, not moving backwards, just hovering with a slow descent as with the characters. Brian says, I think they aim to ram us. <clears throat> Kim says, what should we do? He says, I'm going to drop you. Shoot through the window of the plane. Kill the pilot and catch you again as I exit the back. She goes, what? He drops her. And just as the plane starts to try and ram him, he shoots through the window, flies through the opening hole that he made, kills the plane pilot, flies through the back end of the cargo hold, grabs his parachute yet again, fastens it, re-hits the pull string, and he starts falling. She's already in his hands. She doesn't even know how that happened. What was that? You could have killed me, but you did so well. We'll be best friends forever. She says, he says to her, you being clingy, that's kind of your thing, right? She says, you bet your best friend. He says, I will get you home. And they slowly float through the night sky with Kim talking uh, a lot. He lands on the White House, a 236-hour slow fall from the (laughs) South Pacific. Sun rising over the mountains of the Appalachian, just off in the distance. And Byron meets him on the roof. (laughs) Brian, the senator's here. 
finish this business, unfinished businessman, because why wouldn't he be there? And, of course, he says his signature line again. It's time to finish this business. He kicks into the door to the Oval Office with Kim over his shoulder. The president, played by Clive Owen, grabs a Tommy gun, as does Senator Ottawa. Mr. President, you're an imposter. The real president is played by Gary Oldman. He says this. This is the line. This is the actual line. The real president is played by Gary Oldman. (laughs) They blast at him and Kim. He throws Kim at the desk. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This is such a stupid movie. (laughs) I think my wife said, yeah. (laughs) This is a stupid movie. And I heard her go, yeah. Oh, no. He throws Kim at the desk, knocking the desk into the two gunmen. As they fall over, the president, played by Gary Oldman, comes up from a hidden compartment in the floor. Brian, you did it. You finished this business. He looks at the gunman and he goes, you two, out! That's a Gary Oldman line, by the way. (laughs) He says, and... You not only foiled the plans of the Russians, but you found my head chef. Kim, welcome home. And she said, thanks for getting me home. Brian, let's get married. And he said, thanks, but I'm taken. Uh. (sighs) Okay, I'm, I'm presuming that's your fade to black moment. That is my fade to black moment. I'm envisioning him uh, doing a dramatic turn to the camera as he says, as he says that. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. Okay. So. And it's it's staying with the assist. Oh, wait. (laughs) No, that's exactly how I picture him doing it. (laughs) Looking at the camera and goes, thanks, but I'm slow turn to the camera. I'm taken. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I see where you went with the title of Given. I wasn't sure what was happening. And then uh, you went with a less star-studded cast than I feel like we usually go with. But you know what? It worked. Um, Bob Odenkirk as your as your main headliner there. A hockey player whose name <laughs> I don't even remember. I hockey. I put hockey player. <laughs> I literally... Was he finished? <laughs> I literally... Typed hockey player. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You had uh, Aegis Alba in a a supportive role. I did. However, I enjoyed your uh, your beginning with the nuking of a head chef and Putin getting kicked in the face and, you know, rushing to the hospital. I, I actually enjoyed the line. It was extraordinarily cheesy and yet it fit the moment it really did really pieced everything together um the fact that you said everything was based on sean spencer's true events that uh that (laughs) that was that was a solid so this is in the world of psych is what i've gathered no it's in the real world i don't understand how it can be a 236 slow fall with a parachute for a 236 hour slow fall with a parachute from the South Pacific to the White House. I don't. Why is that? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Everything. Don't Everything question is wrong with Bruce me. Dickinson. <laughs> You're all going to be wearing gold plated diapers. All right. <laughs> so the fact that the daughter 
is actually just super annoying and he didn't want her back. And that's going to become that because I'm going to be honest with you. I questioned what the premise of the movie was going to be whenever they immediately got her back. But the fact that she's just annoying and then we get the phone call, you know, this version of the classic phone call liked that. That was solid. Um, the annoying talking. I felt that you did a, a solid amount of annoying talking. You're good at that. Right? Wow. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Uh, the fact that I don't, I don't actually sudden... appreciate that, by the way. And uh, you're dead to me. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that they were just all of a sudden on a plane having jumped on a <laughs> Literally, no story buildup whatsoever. They're just all of a sudden on a plane and have to jump out of it tied together. Now, in my defense, I did say there was a number of action scenes and running that led up to it. I don't. I believe you said an inordinate amount of running. Yes, that's how you get on a plane suddenly, an inordinate amount of running. It's called science. They're running into the sky, apparently. Yeah. So, the fact that they then had to... (laughs) <laughs> they then had to uh do you know avoid the plane that was going to ram them in midair uh leading to parachuting across the country and then for seemingly no reason his partner is just waiting on them on the roof of the white house um all of that is solid the fact that you then brought in an imposter president with tommy guns <laughs> i didn't see the tommy guns coming <laughs> not going to say I saw the imposter president, but I think I was more surprised by the the, the the Tommy guns. Then, though, you you put in your twist moment that Kim is, in fact, the chef. Russia is so kinda, stupid. They didn't even know they had it. I know. <laughs> and then you uh, you delivered the super cheesy taken line to uh, to top everything <laughs> all off there. So. We have to say, that was a solid movie. I thought all three movies tonight, I enjoyed. There were there have been times during each movie when I thought, you know what, this movie's going to be the movie. But in the end, there can be only one. And so what we're going to do is we're A-B, going to... We're going to get you guys together with swords and see which one of you has a head Ooh. at the end of it. Nice. That's not fair because I, like I lose my head at the drop of a hat. <laughs> All right. Well, I've actually I've been told by legal we can't do that. So I guess I'm going to actually have to pick. I'm going to actually have to pick one of these movies. So I actually think I am going to go with drum roll. Joy to the world. <laughs> I am actually going to go with Given. I'm doing it. Um, I am giving wow. it. Oh, wait, I'm, I'm Given. Giving it. I'm giving it to Michael Serger, who's already preparing himself for disappointment, it sounds like. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> In a uh, in an upset coming out of nowhere, led by Bob Odenkirk. That's right. <laughs> Michael Circle is going to take the night. Listen, wow. don't don't sleep on Bob Odenkirk. That guy's, that guy's and, going. Yeah, you, also have hockey, you also have hockey player. 
Out of curiosity, is this just because you're afraid you might get a knock at the door and it might be uh, Liam Neeson waiting for you? <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think we've been killed in a, in an episode before. Have we ever been killed in an episode before? I don't. I have. I have now. <laughs> I, I say. I I think this was a first. We had me and uh, my myself and Michael were in Michael's Ocean's Eleven movie. Yes, that's right. That's right. And I think that's the only previous. Only previous time we've been in any of these it was the disco cops, right? That's yeah. right, disco yeah. cops living at large. Oh man, I just realized I skipped a whole section. There was a section in there. There was a section in there where I Did mentioned you get them on the plane. No, no, no. It was they were already on the plane. There was a section in there where, uh, in one of the shootouts, Sean Bean was injured. The package is on the plane. But he did not die? No, no, that he did day? not die. Sean Bean was injured, but did not die. <laughs> that day. Not that day. He did not die that day. All right, well, uh, Michael, do you have a speech prepared? Maybe one you've had in the back pocket for a while. Do you think that I would ever have prepared a speech? Probably, like, months ago, I had one. But you know what? Yeah, I do have one. To, I do have one. You ready for this? pull it out of your back pocket right now. You ready for this? Listen, I may not have deserved this or my other one win out of 12 episodes, but let me tell you. <laughs> okay. We're waiting. For what? <laughs> <laughs> Wait for it. All right. Well, those... Those are the words of Michael Circle. They are few and far between. And yet you said I was a talker. <laughs> I said you were good at being an annoying talker. I didn't say you had to talk a lot. But... You know, somehow that actually made me feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> but you asked for it. You literally just asked for it. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's end this thing. All right. I think we will. So there you have it, everybody. We do, in fact, have a winner, a champion, if you will. Michael Circle is now our reigning champion. <clears throat> he is actually probably going to really be taking that in, breathing in the fresh air as a champion for these next however long it is till we do this again. So for those of you who have enjoyed listening to this and our other hilarious podcast episodes... You can uh, click or punch or whatever you need to do to that subscribe button, and uh, it's going to be awesome. It'll, I'm told it'll let you know whenever we do something new. Um, if there's a like button on whatever you're doing, you can do that too. You can also do this thing where you actually speak to people with your mouth, and you can tell them about it too. That's so, crazy. Uh, I know. It is, it is insane. But... Uh, so we appreciate the support. Uh, so that's it, people. Make sure to tune in to next episode as uh, Michael will be judging Michael, the uh, the three of us uh, on whatever it is that he chooses to judge us on. Oh, I've got ideas. It could be, uh, it could be what we wear that day. I don't know. So for uh, for Michael, Chris, and Jeremy, this is Shane saying, "Stay classy, recasters." <laughs> <laughs>